Awesome, awesome. Let's give didn't didn't Stephen and uh, Sydney do a great job with this acoustic set? Thank you guys. You guys can uh, have a seat. We are uh, we're excited. Happy New Year to everybody. Wow, that was like no response. Happy New Year, everybody. Yay! Much better, coerced, but better. So my name is Richard, and I'm glad to uh, be uh, having the conversation with you guys today. We're excited about this weekend. Thank you for making uh, my church worship experience part of your holiday weekend. We hope everybody has a good one, and uh, and and really do hope that uh, the new year starts off great for everybody. Love New Year's time. Love how at uh, at New Year's holiday everybody. You know, starts looking back at the the previous year, looking ahead to to the to the year to come, and uh, and I like I like all the retrospective stuff. You know, where they say these are the different things that took place um, in uh, 2017. I also love uh, reading or hearing about predictions, predictions for 2018. And so, in that spirit, I have brought you my list of predictions for 2018. And these are not just general predictions about what will happen on the uh, national or global scale. I'm predicting these things will take place in your life. That's right. This is a prediction for you. I believe I'm right about this, and then we'll revisit this on uh, uh, December 31st, 2018, to see if I'm right. Are you ready? You don't seem near as excited as I am about this. My predictions for you in 2018. Uh, your parents will get more confused by technology and social media than they already are. Okay? Your coworkers will frustrate you. You will frustrate your coworkers. This is one that's kind of on a, uh, on a different scale. The Braves will make the playoffs in 2018. I actually believe that. I just lost all credibility with everyone here in the room. Uh, you will not change anyone's mind in a Facebook argument about politics in 2018. Okay, I know that's breaking your heart, but that's not going to happen. Um, you will worry about your children in 2018. Your children will not worry about you in 2018. And lastly, there's a very good chance that someone in this room will be purchasing a national championship t-shirt in eight to nine days from now. You can just work work that out amongst yourselves as to who that will be. It won't be Jeff Murphy uh, because he is a Miami Hurricanes fan. Bless his heart. So... 2000, seriously, it's, it's fun to, to, to joke about, uh, about the year ahead, but um, I would like to, uh, the conversation today to be about looking ahead to, to 2018, um, but here's, here's what I would like for us to do together. I would like to, for us to imagine 2018, imagine what the year ahead might be like. I believe that the best uh, resolutions that we may be able to keep or changes that might happen, they begin with our ability to imagine that 
perhaps something like that could take place. So I want us to imagine, I want us to use our imagination and ponder and think and wonder about what 2018 might look like. Now, specifically, I want to talk about, and I want us, when I, when I ask you to imagine 2018, basically I'm saying, how do you think you will respond to the things that happen in your life this next year? How do you think it'll go? What do you think it'll look like? What if? How, how, will, how will we respond if we finally get the big break that we're waiting for, the big breakthrough, the big success, the big thing that we're hoping will happen? What will it be like? What about, what, we, what will we do with disappointment in 2018? Some of us in the months and the year ahead will have an opportunity to take revenge on the people who have burned us. What will we do? How will we respond to moments like that? How will we respond to successes and failures, big wins in our life? How will we respond to when we find ourselves facing big temptation? The kind of stuff, maybe the biggest temptation we've, we've faced in a long time. What will it be like? What will 2008 look like in those kind of situations and contexts? Now, most of us would say, uh, our response to the question, you know, I'm asking you how it will look. I'm asking you how we're going to react. And a lot of us would answer that question by saying, it's, it's kind of hard to say. It's hard to tell. I, you, you know, you've got you to gotta take every situation as it comes. I'm not sure exactly, you know, context and whatever. I don't know. How can we know for sure? And that's a reasonable response, but I would propose today in our conversation, I would propose that we could make up our minds today. We could, we could start to strategize currently about how, how we would prepare ourselves to deal with things in the year ahead. I believe we could decide now how we're going to handle these kind of things. You know, we joked about with, with my little predictions list, you know, my Captain Obvious predictions. Um, and, but, you know, every year in my life something happens that I don't see coming. Things, things go down that I couldn't have predicted or expected in any way. And I always find myself looking back on that going, boy, if I could have somehow read something or taken a class or had some conversations with people or gotten some backup or some support that would have better prepared me for that one, boy, I wish I could go back and do that. And so part of my motivation behind having this talk today is so that we could at least in, on one level, we could say, I don't know what's coming in 2018. However, here's, here's what I can prepare for. I can prepare my heart and my mind to respond in the wise, correct, and even godly way 
to, to whatever might be coming down the pipe. So that's what we're hoping. That's when I say imagine 2018, I've proposed that we could decide now how we're going to respond to the year ahead. And you might say, wow, that's kind of a tall order. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about this one uh, portion of Scripture, a group of verses that are in the New Testament of the Bible. And I think that we're going to find some things in this passage of Scripture that might help us, that might help us get our minds right, get our hearts set, and maybe prepare ourselves for, uh, for what may be coming and prepare ourselves to respond well. So we're going to look in the book of Ephesians. This is, a, this is a writing in the New Testament that was written by the Apostle Paul. And if you're new to Bible study, Paul was one of the big deal characters in the Bible. We talk about him a lot around my church. And he wrote and taught and led and helped guide the New Testament church, like in the very first century of the church, about what faith could look like in a person's everyday life. And so we're going to look at something that he says here as he's uh, in, in the third chapter of the book of Ephesians. And we're going to start in verse 16. Now, if you have your Bible or a device or an app or something, you can look it up and follow. If you don't, the, uh, it's in the worship guide that you received this morning, or, or it will also be on the screen. So Ephesians chapter 3 verses uh, 16 through 21. So let's start in verse 16. And Paul is saying, I pray that from His glorious, and he's talking about God, from God's glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust Him. And your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And he finishes by saying, Now, all glory to God, who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Isn't that a cool... Those are cool verses. And I think we're going to find some things. We're going to kind of walk through those verses and find some things that can help us as we try to prepare our hearts. So before we go any further, let's have a prayer. And then we will rock through this, okay? Lord, thank you for today. Thank you again that we could come here at the end of one year and looking at the beginning of another, that we could gather like this and have that cool time of worship and singing and praying to you. And now, Lord, we ask for you to take these next few minutes and allow us to hear what it is that you would like to say. And speak to us, Lord, and, and we ask for you to do what we can't do for ourselves. And that is to open our eyes to see spiritual truth that could help us and that could help the people we love and care about. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first thing I want to pull out of this group of verses is a really simple statement, and it is that God's love is strong. 
God's love is strong. Let's revisit the first uh, couple of verses that we just read. Verse 16 of Ephesians 3, I'm sorry, verse 17 of Ephesians 3 says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him, and your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And it goes on to say, Maybe, May you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep God's love is. God's love is strong. And the, although that's a, sort of a simple idea and concept, it's like foundational. It's like the, uh, the building block to strong faith is believing that God's love is strong. And the, the interesting thing is that God intended, God always intended for His love for us as His children, as His creation... He wanted His love for us to be the thing that would break down barriers between us and Him. That would draw us to Him. It's kind of our, like our motto here at my church is, we exist so that we can help people find their way back to God. And it's His love that draws us. But the crazy thing is, is that over time, over history, and over time in our own minds and our hearts, God's love or our understanding of it, or our concept of it, gets twisted. And we think, yes, God does love, and God is love, and all those cutesy little hashtag bumper sticker kind of things. And we believe that, but we believe God loves us if we're good. God loves us if we get everything right. God's love, God loves us if we don't you know, keep messing up, and if we don't frustrate Him, and if we just... Stop doing all the stupid stuff we've been doing. And he will love us. I mean, he'll like really love us if we're better people than we were last year or two years ago. That's the way people think. That's the way I think. And if we're honest, I think you could probably relate to that. And we say, look, I, I really believe it. We'd start to assume that God's love is available to us as long as as we're doing right all the time. And how many of us do right all the time? None of us. So we're all toast. There's no hope. We'll never be able to measure up. You know, when I put my faith, and I was a, I was a pretty young kid, when I first put my faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of my sins. And my, and my relationship with God and my faith journey kick-started. I was in grade school. And I thought that Jesus died on the cross so that He could forgive all the sins that I committed before I prayed that prayer to Him the first time. Which was true. But it took me decades to figure out that I had a weird lie that I believed, all right? So if you looked at my timeline from being born in nowhere Mississippi in 60-something, and, and you follow that timeline to grade school, and you could draw a cross in my timeline. That when I, that's when I came to this faith thing. Woohoo! that's the win. Yes. And then decades later, when my life went all sideways, when I was like 40-something, 
I realized it was revealed to me that I had a, a lie I believed all that time, along that timeline. And here was the lie. That before I came to the cross, so to speak, that's what Jesus died to forgive those sins. Since, I, since that day until now, now I'm in, I ought to know better, right? I mean, come on. After all, he did for me on that cross. And now here I am messing up. Surely that same forgiveness can't be the... That can't be the exact same for me now as it was back then, right? Now it should be my job to prove to the Lord that he didn't make a mistake in dying for me. That it, this is, now it's my job to make him proud of me. Now it's my job to make myself more lovable by doing the right things. And I couldn't believe that I had lived that long thinking that. And do you know what happened to make me realize how I had gotten it twisted up? My life crashed and burned. Because I had lived for decades with these uh, secret sins that I was very ashamed and embarrassed about that I never wanted to tell anybody about fully. And I was convinced that I needed to clean that stuff up in my life in order to really enjoy the love of God that we've been reading about. That's what I believed. I didn't even realize it, but that's where I I was like, oh, I'm so frustrated and upset that I keep messing up. And I love God. And I was a Christian guy. I was the the church guy. I was a God guy, you know, or whatever you want to go. I was the religious person. And yet my my life in in its true state was really jacked up. But I didn't want anybody to know. And so I might do better for a little while, but then I'd mess up again. And I'd feel worse. And I'd reach out to God, but I'd like, God, I'm going to clean this up. Please forgive me. And it spent all of that time realizing, or, or once I realized that, I'd spent all of that time in this cycle of, of embarrassment and shame and sin and trying to get forgiveness and trying to do better. What really needed to happen was for me to be confronted that God's love was so strong, so high and deep and wide, like those verses said, that it was so strong that he loved me in that messed up state that I was in just as much as he loved me the, the very first time I bowed the knee to Christ. His love was there for me. And so my, my thing that I really want us to, to consider here is that maybe 2018 could be a year where we, um, where we face the truth about what we really believe about God. And we, and, and we consider that he has this irrational, uh, scandalous affection for us. It doesn't even make any sense, but it is the only thing that can save me from my sin. And save me from the results and the effects and the consequences and the dirt that happens to me and the people around me because of my sin. That's what I want. That's what I want. I want to experience, I want to experience God's love in 2018 so deep and so strong that I'm convinced 
that he won't and can't stop loving me. And that that will draw me back to him. And it will allow me, give me the power to be honest about the, the junk in my life. And I don't have to hide and I don't have to run or I don't have to fake it anymore. Does that make sense? This is why God's love being strong is the foundation of it all. That his love can save us. His love doesn't have to be earned. We sang about it in, in one of the songs this morning. There's a song in that beautiful name song. Isn't that great? That song, I just love that thing. It's awesome. It says, my sin was great, but your love was greater. My sin was big. My sin was ugly. My sin was dark. But God's love was not phased by it at all. He still reached out and he still drew me back in. Can you believe that God's love is so strong for two th- in 2018 that he's not going to stop? He's not going to stop reaching out for you and trying to draw you in and trying to show you stuff in your heart that he can help you with. That's good news. That's good news. God's love is strong. Our sin is great. Our sin is wild. Our sin is is powerful. But it's not as powerful as God's. Um, second thought I want to give you is God will fill our lives. Now that the verse 19 of the passage we read before says that then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. We could be full of God's life. One, of the, one version says, filled with all the fullness of God. Our lives could be filled with the fullness of God. That's, that's a pretty big deal. Now, here's where you have to pause, push the pause button and go, all right, now, our concept of what a, a religious person is and what it lo- might look like to do the God thing or to be a real faith-based, faith-centered person, you know, we, we probably have some weird stereotypes in our mind of what a person who is filled with the fullness of God, a person that is full of God. Um, I have been accused of being full of a, a lot of things before. But, but what, would it, what would it look like for someone to be filled with the fullness of God is not as weird as you might think, or some of our stereotypes might be. It's really just as simple as the thing that kind of drives and motivates my life day in, day out, week in, week out. The thing that, that gives me my energy, the thing that, that sort of shapes my goals and, and my hopes, the, that thing becomes my faith in God. As opposed to whatever it was or has been. Because there are a number of things that might motivate and drive our lives, right? And so that we could be filled with the fullness of God. That's a beautiful promise. And it, But do you see that it has to be based on and grounded in that thing we just talked about? The fact that God's love for us is stronger than our own personal hang-ups, sins, and weirdness? If God's love is stronger than all of that, then we have a shot at our lives being filled with God. And a life being filled with God, it's, it's, just, it's, like, it's like the idea of having 
constant connection with God where the communication and the conversation can be going all the time and not just on Sundays. That thoughts about what's concerning me and, and, and what I'm afraid of and what I'm anxious about in my life could be wrapped into a conversation with God. That's like, that's like allowing God to fill your life to the point where it's not just one slice of your life is affected by faith, but faith starts to, starts to invade everything else. It starts to inform. So you start processing your hopes and fears and worries and concerns through our faith. And we can, and we can do that if we trust that God loves us because His love is so strong. That's what it means to be filled with all the fullness of God. That's a cool goal to have for 2019 because uh, things are going to happen this year that are going to blindside us. Things are going to happen this year that we weren't ready for. We're going to have opportunities this year to shut down. You know, something will be so difficult or scary or embarrassing that happens to us. And it would be easier just to close it off and say, I'm not going there or I'm going to try to medicate that or I'm going to not tell anybody about that or I'm going to avoid it or pretend it doesn't exist or I'm just going to let it own me and I'm going to let it drive everything and I'm going to let the, the anger and the emotions just be the, the, the defining thing of my life. Stuff's going to happen to us this year that's going to put us in that position. But if we were living our lives, if we approached our lives based on the fact that God's love for us is so strong that nothing we do or nothing that anybody else does to us and nothing that happens to us or our family has to change the fact that God loves us, then we can be... We can respond to those moments. We can respond to those, I'd rather shut it down. I'd rather close it down. I'd rather burn it down. We can respond to those kind of moments with saying, I trust God loves me. And if He loves me, He can take anything that happens in my life and He can make sense of it. And He can carry me through it. There will be, this year, there will be enemies that rise up in our lives. And guess what? I'm not talking about people. You think I'm talking about people. You're picturing people in your mind right now. But foes and enemies will rise up against us in the year ahead. And these will be enemies that try to steal our heart from trusting in that strong love that Paul is trying to describe for us in this passage. He'll try to steal our heart. He'll say, if God's love is that strong, then this, then this never would have happened. And I respond by saying, I believe that because God's love is so strong, He can take even this and, and make it into His story. And He can build something in me and He can change something about me. 
through this. And we, that's what it looks like, and that's what it sounds like, and that's what it feels like to be filled with all the fullness of God. And that can be us. That could happen for us this year. It could. And so let's believe. Let's take a chance on trusting God that he can help us with that. Um, and, I, and I would say, you know, we were, I was talking about the timeline thing before. You remember from me being born all those many decades ago and, and then, uh, you know, coming to the cross and then my... But you know what? The real truth of my life is that it doesn't look... My life doesn't look like a timeline. It looks like loops and squigglies and craziness. And when I go through these things, and, and it happens to me regularly, where I'm going along and I'm trying to do the God thing and be faith guy, and then something happens that reveals to me, ooh, I got something ugly in my heart. You know, I got something, I got a, I got a little bit of hatred, or I got a little bit of that taste for revenge, or I got a little bit of unforgiveness that I didn't remember was there. And, and then it just it gets revealed to me. And when that happens, suddenly I'm not trotting along my timeline. Now I'm all over the map, you know. But in that moment, I believe that everything that happens to me can be an opportunity for God to show me something about myself. And then when I see something about myself, you know what I do? I freak out. And I get upset. And I get, I can't believe this is still a problem. I can't believe I'm still hung up on this. I'm such a loser. And then Paul reminds me, but his love is strong. And his love is... And if you will just allow him to take you on that roller coaster ride and loop you back through the remember I love you. Remember my thoughts and my affection about you are more important than your thoughts about yourself. Remember what I... This is God talking. Remember what I think about you is more important than what so-and-so thinks about you. Remember what I say can be a part of your future is more important than what was a part of your past. This is the... This is the the ride that, we're, that I'm inviting us all to go on. Because the truth is, we're going to go on the ride. Why not go on with God, right? I mean, it's going to be a wild year. So why go in alone? Why not connect with God? Why not connect with a group of people who are walking their life in faith? This is, this is my hope for myself, my wife, and my family for 2018 it's my hope for you that all the weird stuff that we have no idea is coming every the worst of it and the best of it and everything else in between is an opportunity for God to show us his love and his an opportunity for, for him to show us how he can take anything and make it matter that's what i imagine for 2018 and i hope you can imagine that too the last little thing i would like for us to talk about before we uh you know before we wrap this up is the is one last thought uh, that i hope you can take with you and that is that god can blow 
our minds in 2018. God could blow our mind in 2018. You see, in, it, he says that we can, he can do things that are beyond our, our, our ability to ask or think of. And, and in a minute, we'll look at that verse again. But, but for now, I'd just like you to say that, that or, or I would like you to see that at the end of this passage of Scripture, after Paul talks about how wild God's love is and how we could be full of God's fullness, he ends by saying that God can blow our minds. He can do a lot more than we think he can do in our lives and, and all around us. God is addressing our, our belief level. He, he's addressing, y'all, probably not giving me enough credit here. Probably not seeing that I can, that I can handle things that, that you feel like I might can't. God is addressing our belief level. And I encourage you, don't, in, when you look ahead at 2018, about how you as a person and as a family and and, and we as a church can grow and develop. Let's don't think in terms of minimums. You know? Like, let's don't think in terms of, gosh, I just hope we get by. You know, I hope we can just survive. Get through it. You know what? It's, God has more planned than we can think in our minds. He has bigger stuff planned for us. He has more growth and change planned for us than... than, than than we even know. So let's, uh, let, let's get our minds ready for that. Now, um, I want to do something here to, as we wrap up. I, I, do, I have this habit. This, uh, it's a discipline or a habit that I do. It's part of my faith thing. It's called journaling. I don't know if you ever heard of this. I journal. I, I, I like uh, when, as often as I can when I'm praying or reading the Bible or whatever. I have a, a, a journal with me. And by the way, it's not a diary. Give me a, get off me. It's a journal. And because um, a diary would be sort of girly. So ladies, if you want. But anyway, this is a great help to me. I write down my prayers sometimes. And one day back in uh, October, I was uh, having this conversation with God because I was a little freaked out about a couple of things and real worried about some stuff uh, in, my, in my family, in my parenting. You know how it is, uh, those of you who have kids. You just, you never feel like you're doing enough and you're, everything's your fault. And, you know, you just, it, it can be hard. And, uh, and so I was stressing about that. I was stressing about job stuff. I was stressing about ministry leadership stuff. And, and I, I wrote down that I was feeling unsettled, right? So I want to... Uh, I want to read to you from my journal. Is that weird? It feels weird. You think it's weird. We're going to do it anyway. So, um, but I had this great moment, and it kind of wraps around this, uh, this passage of Scripture that we were looking at. And I said, maybe my unsettled times, and I felt like God was speaking this to me, maybe my unsettled times are a sign that God is about to move. And that instead of worrying and fearing the worst... I should prepare my heart for God to do something that is going to finally change me. Lord, help my response in my frustrating times to shift from 
I'm falling short again. I have so much to work on. I better buckle down and do better. Um, I've got so much deficiency that needs to change. May this shift to, Lord, you are stirring me up. Please do your work. You're about to bump me up to a new level. You're about to navigate a new part of my heart. Give me the courage to obey you. Give me the courage to listen, to let you confront deception and lies in my heart. Help me not to shrink back. Help me to let you dig deep. Help me to be honest with you and myself and with others. You are breaking through some things in my heart, and this is so cool. That's what, that's what I want during 2018 for me and my family. That's what I want for all of us is that we could just say, you know what? Even, especially in the unsettled, frustrating times, especially in the big old question mark times, there's, it doesn't mean, it doesn't automatically mean that I'm doing everything wrong. It doesn't automatically think that everything's about to fall apart. It, it doesn't automatically mean that. What it means is, God's getting ready to do something. That's what it means. And I want us to go there. I want us to go there. We're going to sing a song here in just a minute that's going to be our closing of the, of the whole service. And, uh, and as we've had before, it's, uh, it's kind of an unplugged thing. And, uh, but I want, us to, I want us to embrace it and enjoy it and just let God speak to us. And let God speak to us about 2018 because it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a hard year. There are going to be hard things and difficult things that we go through. But God's love is bigger and stronger and deeper and wider and higher than anything we go through, than any mistake we make, or any bad thing that happens to us or somebody we love. That is the truth. And that's the truth I want to go through this next year with. Does that sound good? Does that sound like we could do that? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for carrying us through 2017. Thank you that you're giving us hope for 2018. And God, I pray that we would be able to tell a story. One day, we'll be able to tell a story about 2018. And that story will be that God somehow carried me through 2018. And that I had a lot of enemies that rose up against me, but somehow God kept me together. And God, I pray that, it, that, that the story of 2018 will be that when I was...